Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director of an apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as other helpful articles, videos, and materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn and hired laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going on about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too, go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon, and around three o'clock he did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard to work. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual daily wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowners, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I'm not cheating you. Did you not agree with me to the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus, the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord... Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This gospel passage doesn't sit well with many people. It just doesn't seem fair. After all, it may be great for the people who came to work last to get a full day's pay, but is it fair to the others who worked much longer? It's particularly hard to understand here in the Motor City, where issues about fair pay and equitable treatment of employees are in our blood. We here in Southeast Michigan are influenced more than others around the country by our experiences with the automakers and their unions, who seem to fight over these types of issues all the time. In fact, we're in the heat of the battle right now, with the UAW taking a more combative stance than we've seen for some years. In my time with GM, I had the opportunity to be a part of several union and management negotiations, both on the local level and on the international level. It's something that I'm glad I had a chance to experience, but it's also something that left me with serious concerns about the actual goodwill of both sides. I've often thought that some really well-placed Bible verses would help out in labor negotiations, but this particular message about the workers in the vineyard is one that I might be less inclined to bring to light. So, what's really going on here in today's gospel? How are we to interpret this passage through the lens of the working world where UTG at work spends our time? Many of the parables of Jesus are short, but this one is a bit lengthy. And because it's lengthy, it's easy to lose sight of what Jesus said at the very beginning. In the first sentence, there are six words which frame up everything that follows. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus isn't talking about equitability or fair pay. He's talking about the unlimited mercy of God, which is a key part of the kingdom of heaven. So let's dig into the idea of the kingdom of heaven just a bit. 
in Mark chapter 3, we hear about the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. John the Baptist is preaching in the desert, and the first words that we hear from John are these, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so begins a, a series of statements about the kingdom of heaven. During his ministry, Jesus refers to the kingdom of heaven, which is also called the kingdom of God, more than 20 times. He gives Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 16, and he refers to it as a treasure hidden in a field, and a pearl of great price, for which one is willing to sell everything they have to obtain it. That's in Matthew 13. You'll notice that whenever he speaks of the kingdom of heaven, he tells us what it's like, and not specifically what it is. He even tells his disciples in Luke chapter 8, Knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to the rest they are made known through parables, so that they may look but not see, and hear but not understand. So how should we understand the kingdom of heaven, and what does it mean to us in the workplace? I had a rather brilliant Bible professor at Sacred Heart Major Seminary by the name of Dr. Mary Healy, who told us this. The kingdom of heaven is already present in the person of Jesus. It grows mysteriously in the church, and it will be fully consummated at his coming in glory at the end of time. So, the kingdom of heaven is here, but it's not yet complete. It's fully present in the person of Jesus, and it's seen some ways in the church, but we won't see it in its totality until we see him, whether that happens at his second coming or when our life on earth is ended. So how do we experience the kingdom today, even though it's not fully present? By faith. We see it through the eyes of faith. And not everyone is able to see it because not everyone has faith. Those of us who have found the kingdom of heaven by virtue of our faith, we know that it is indeed a pearl of great price. It is indeed a hidden treasure. And we are willing to sell everything we have to obtain it, as Jesus describes. Once we have obtained it, we prioritize our lives such that our faith is the most important part of who we are. It drives how we think. It drives how we act. When we found the kingdom, we make our faith the guiding force of our life. In fact, we make it the guiding force of everything in our life, including our time at work. We can no longer just check our faith at the door when we come to work. Our faith defines who we are. And yet, so many Catholics and Christians do check their faith at the door when they come to work, as if the kingdom of God doesn't exist there. We who are his disciples need to bring our full selves to work, including our faith. This is a point that we state often here at UTG at Work because it's foundational to what we're about. But there's more to discuss here. Why does Jesus talk about the kingdom of heaven in terms of people being hired at different times of the day? God's mercy is unlimited. This is something we heard about last week when the king forgave the incredible debt of his servant. And here today we learn that God is willing to give that mercy to anyone at any point in their life, regardless of their age. If someone comes to know the love of God on their deathbed, like the people who were hired at five o'clock, their reward can be as great as the reward of someone who has lived a life of faith since they were a child, like the people who were hired at dawn. God is so happy to welcome them into his kingdom that their past is no longer irrelevant. What matters is what lies ahead, regardless of how much time they have left on earth. So this begs the question, is this fair? Does it make sense that someone who lives a life full of sin and converts at the end can get the same reward as someone who lives a life of faith for their entire life? Perhaps not. At least not by our standards. But God's standards are not ours. Consider what we hear in Isaiah chapter 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. 
As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. We will never fully understand the mind of God, at least not on this side of the veil. But we all benefit from his mercy, so we don't need to understand him in order to receive all that he freely offers us. Finally, Jesus concludes this passage with something odd. He says, Thus the last will be first and the first will be last. Yes, of course, the last people to be called to work were paid first, but why does this matter? As always, we must read the Bible in context. Just prior to this passage, we hear the story of the rich young man who presses Jesus to go deeper into what he has to do to gain eternal life. Jesus concludes by telling him, If you wish to be perfect, go sell what you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And the man went away sad, for he had many possessions. When the man had left, Jesus told his disciples, Many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. So the man, who is rich and thus always first in life, will be last in the afterlife. Today's gospel follows this story, and Jesus brings home the point about the first being last once again. Like the rich young man, many people at work rely on their titles, their offices, their bonuses, and so on to distinguish them from others. They are first, and they enjoy it. Now, there's nothing wrong with success at work. It can be a wonderful sign that someone is using the gifts that God gave them for the good. And someone who meets with success at work can be a true disciple. But today's gospel is a powerful reminder that being first in things that the world values doesn't mean anything when this life is ended. In fact, such things can be a detriment to the rewards of everlasting life. So those who have found success and power here on earth must use them very wisely. So, what do we learn from today's gospel? The kingdom of heaven is not something we can touch or feel while we live on earth, and yet it surrounds us everywhere, including at work. Those of us who see through the eyes of faith find the kingdom, and when we do, we sell everything we have to obtain it. Some are citizens of the kingdom of heaven for their entire lives, and some only come to belong very late in life. But all citizens enjoy the same rewards from our Heavenly Father. Success on earth does not equate to citizenship in the kingdom, and in fact, it can make citizenship much harder to obtain. It all sounds much better when Jesus says it than when I try to summarize it. I sound like an engineer. He sounds like God. But the bottom line is the same. Regardless of who you are, how old you are, or what you've done in your life, seek the kingdom of heaven and live as citizens of the kingdom everywhere you go, including your workplace. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask that you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.